Hey, Cosmo listeners, welcome to this special podcast with Louise Sloan, author of Knock Yourself Up. Sloan wrote an article in the February issue of Cosmopolitan about what happened when she was struck with a serious case of baby fever while she was still single. I had always wanted to have kids, and I was seriously ready to start having them. I had been in a relationship for three years, and we broke up, and I guess it was about a year later because I needed kind of a year to recuperate from the relationship, and I sort of surfaced from that and realized, you know what, there's no time for another relationship. I need to think about this now. It was more that I was in willful denial because I really wanted to have it the the classic way with two parents and a relationship first and then the baby, and I really didn't want to have to compromise that. So I knew I was taking some big risks, but I just kept dragging it out until the last possible minute. I had been going to a group considering single motherhood, and I sort of stopped partly because it met on the night that I my favorite salsa class met, and I really kind of, you know, let's see, thinking about depressing things versus fun salsa dancing. The salsa dancing tended to win out. I wasn't willing to go with just anybody. With so much legal and emotional risk attached to having a child with someone, it wasn't worth it for me or for the child to have a father with whom, you know, potentially there would be a custody battle or, you know, endless fighting. So I felt like it was better to go with a sperm bank, but it was a very hard decision. It was you know, having having the child of a complete t- stranger was anathema to me. It was it just seemed really cold and uh, and you know hard to wrap my mind around. It's weird shopping for sperm. Uh, All the sperm banks have websites, and some of them just have these drop-down menus where you choose hair color and eye color and ethnicity, and that wasn't the most important thing to me. The, The sperm banks were set up for women who were looking to match the looks of their infertile husbands. And that wasn't an issue. For me, the most uh, important thing was, you know, is is this guy a nice guy? What's his personality like? And that's the one thing that they don't really go into. Well, most of the tries that I did were actually at the doctor's office because statistically putting the sperm directly into the uterus works better. But um, on the times that were holidays that the doctor's office was closed, I, I did uh, home inseminations on those holidays and um, they they literally FedEx you the sperm. It comes in a big tank um, look, looking a lot like a, a bomb. It's about, I don't know, two, two, two and a half feet high. Um, it's uh, packed in liquid nitrogen. So you open it up and it's this kind of dry ice, spooky like effect of, of all this um, uh, vapor coming out, and the actual sperm is is in a tiny plastic vial about the size of the tip of your pinky. Um, there's really not much there. They actually divide each donation up quite a bit, so you don't actually get even one whole donation, shall we say. But you have to handle it carefully because the liquid nitrogen can really burn your hands. You thaw it out. Uh, They suggest putting it in a Ziploc bag in warm water. So the first time that I did it, I actually went down to my mom's kitchen and got a big yellow mixing bowl and uh, filled it up with water and had my Ziploc bag and and, uh, her yellow dishwashing gloves uh, to protect me from the cold since it was summer and there weren't really any normal cold uh, protective gloves around. I did speak to one woman who, who... 
in fact used a turkey baster, but I mean, come on, a turkey baster is way too big, uh, unnecessarily big for the for the job, and I'm not even sure how it works because it's such a small amount of fluid. I would think a turkey baster, in fact, wouldn't work very well. No, most people use a, um, a syringe, either sort of a a children's medicine dropper from the drugstore or a syringe without a needle. Mine was a 5cc, I think, uh, tuberculin syringe. I like. I remember the word tuberculin. That makes it extra sexy. I suppose a lot of people just assumed that it was the regular way. Um, I, I did make an announcement via email to my whole extended family. I come from a very conservative Republican Southern family, and I decided to give my mom a break, and so she wouldn't have to go person by person to announce it. I kind of did this breezy, here's my new address, or I, I forget what the excuse for sending the email was, but the real reason was to tell them that I was pregnant and what the circumstances were. And the first email I got back was from my great aunt who was in her 90s, and I couldn't even believe she was on email, but she emailed me to say how brave I was, and I, I read in the book, I think that's a code word for weird, but it was it was a really uh, gracious response, and I've I've gotten no negative or even strange responses from anybody except for a couple of people that I just randomly met. One was a doctor who just couldn't wrap his mind around uh, the fact that I was single and pregnant and had chosen to be that way. And the other one was a cab driver who, (laughs) I still can't believe this comment, he found out the circumstances of my pregnancy because he was asking about it. And then he was very concerned that I didn't have a boyfriend or a husband to keep me open for the baby. <laughs> and I was just speechless. I had I was like, I think I'll be fine. Thank you. After actually making the decision and getting pregnant and certainly having my son, there are really no regrets. I mean, I wish, sure, I wish that he had a, a dad um, that he could know. Uh, there, there are things that Obviously, I would have done differently, but it's it's turning out really great. My first tip is always be really sure you want a child. And it's not just that everyone is having a child. It's what you're expected to do. They're really cute and warm. Um, it's, it's a very serious thing to think about. Um, and I think it's really helpful to read the experiences of other women or to go join a support group and talk to women who have been there to really get a sense of whether this is something that's for you um, and get, get get a little deeper into what it might be like uh, in your life. I mean, whether or not you can afford it is an important thing to think about. Um, What are the ramifications of, you know, if you get hit by a bus, who's going to bring up the baby? I mean, there's there's really a lot of serious uh, things to think about. There are a lot of women that I spoke to who ran into serious fertility problems. And in fact, some of them were unable to have biological kids because they waited too long. You know, if it's something that you really, really want um, and and have spent a lot of time thinking about uh, it seems like for me and for most of the women that I for all of the women I talk to they have no regrets and are just so happy that they live in a time that this is a possibility thanks for listening for more on Louise Sloan's experience check out her article in the February issue of Cosmopolitan 